So this is Missions Month, Missions Week, and we know that touches your heart. Jay's going to share for a few minutes, and then we have a special guest speaker for just a moment, and then we'll get ready for the word. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Pastor. So yeah, like you were saying, this is Missions Month, and in truth, every month should be a, a Missions Month uh, as we focus, but it's particularly important at certain times of the year to, to focus on... Uh, missions and the thing that God calls each of us to do. And one of the areas of missions that we support is our college ministries. Um, a lot of people would know right off the top that a lot of times we're so uh, concerned about uh, students who drop out of church altogether and the college is an oftentimes place that they that they do that um, it's a place where they're taught to question things where they're taught to oh you've grown up this way but we know better <laughs> so and going looking back at my college years I was blessed to, I had an opportunity to go to both a Christian college and a public college so I kind of saw both realms of it where it was both encouraged and supported and even in Christian colleges there are some challenges with holding on to your faith and things because just because it has the name Christian on the door you know there are some they're Christian in name only sometimes so you know pray for our college students but uh, one thing that I encourage everybody today on is simply that God has a plan for every college student's life God is not willing that any should perish that any should fall away from him because on the flip side, where we talk about people dropping off, I believe college is a great place for people that have never had faith at all to pick it up. <laughs> You've got people coming from all over, from all different walks of life. And so as we uh, look at that, just kind of pray for our college students. I'd like to introduce right now our, um, our campus minister for UT, uh, Brother Tyler Martin here, and uh, his wife, Brooke. Uh, they, he'll share a little bit more about what God is doing because we are actively involved and we want to play a part in seeing lives come to Jesus. So can we give Tyler a welcome? Thank you. Like Jay said, my name is Tyler. This is my wife, Brooke. Um, thank you so much for the opportunity to come and share about Chi Alpha today. Um, I was introduced, I think, as a guest. I hope that I will never be introduced as a guest here again. Uh, the reason I say that is because I wanted to start today by saying I'm so thankful for you guys and your warm welcome to us. We've been in Knoxville for five weeks. Transitioning away from our family has been Brooks has four weeks. Uh, uh, four weeks transitioning away from our family has been incredibly hard. Um, yesterday was a very tough day for us. I think it was the first day that it all just sunk in. Hey, this is home. Um, and so thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you so much for letting us be a part of your family and this community um, and just how welcoming you've been. I wanted to talk quickly just about Chi Alpha as a whole, not necessarily Chi Alpha at UT. Um, our mission statement with Chi Alpha comes from 2 Corinthians 5.20. It says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And those words there, Christ ambassadors in the original Greek language is Christo Apostoli. And what it really means is Christ sent ones. And so what I came to tell you today is that we're all Chi Alpha. That's what's so interesting about what we do is we're all Christ sent ones to wherever you work, wherever you live, wherever you're at. 
Chi Alpha has over 300, I think officially somewhere around 300 to 350 Chi Alphas all across the United States of America. But what's cool to me is that Chi Alpha has also expanded to over 40 countries all across the world. And those include Argentina, Nicaragua, Austria, Czech Republic, Russia, Germany, Italy, Spain, all over the world it has expanded. God is reaching college students. Um, it takes on a different face at every campus, but usually we operate through small groups and large groups. Um, we're very discipleship-centered, so we do one-on-ones with all the students that are in our small group on a weekly basis. And then we are a missions organization, so we, we do short-term and long-term mission trips. Our plan here will be to do short-term mission trips on spring break and long-term, two-week, maybe a month to two to three months eventually, mission trips overseas um, over the course of the summers. What's unique with college students is they're free during the summer most of the time. Some of them have to study, but most of the time they're free, and so they, they can use that time um, to minister and to go um, to the nations to fulfill the Great Commission. So... There are one unique thing that I want to mention before I hand it back is that we can reach the people ask us a lot as missionaries, are you ever going to go overseas? And we usually tell them no. And the reason being is because overseas comes to us every single day. Uh, we can go to the cafeteria and we can reach students from literally every continent that has students. They come to us. Um, there are almost a million international students studying in the United States of America right now. 95 countries almost are represented at University of Tennessee alone, which is about probably a percentage of the population there, somewhere around 2,000 to 2,500 international students there. So um, we have the opportunity to reach the world by just going to the cafeteria. And so we thank you so much for your prayers. This is welcome week for us. It's going to be crazy. Pray for endurance. Pray for energy. Pray that we will have... um, awesome meetings with freshman students and get them plugged into the ministry. Thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you so much for your support and the opportunity to share quickly about Chi Alpha. I didn't mean I didn't mean that he was a guest like here. I meant like he's not like I'm still preaching, so a guest speaker for a minute. So come on, encourage Tyler and Brooke. Man, we love you guys. Hey, but after that, I don't know if I wouldn't bother me to hear him preach a sermon one day. So praise God. All right, look at your neighbor and say, you're going to be so glad you came today. I mean, Caleb is here. How can it not be a good day? Come on, amen. All right. So I found out at 11.50 last night that I was preaching today. Pastor Michael was supposed to preach this morning, so. But uh, God will help us, amen. I was thinking, oh dear, I don't know if I can think of anything to say. (laughs) You all don't believe that one bit. All right, let's jump into our message this morning. We are on a series called Emmanuel Go, and we did kind of steal the logo from Pokemon Go, so please don't sue us if you are affiliated with Pokemon Go. Has anyone played Pokemon Go in the house? Anybody played it? Have you played it? I've heard about people being injured and killed and like falling off cliffs and stuff because of Pokemon Go. I mean, I run into stuff when I'm just walking normally. I can't imagine walking around holding my phone up all the time. And so they were saying that we needed to make this campus a hot spot or whatever for Pokemon Go. Some folks suggested, I said, I don't want people walking around when I'm preaching like this, you know. (laughs) So apparently with Pokemon Go, apparently what you do is you get an app 
How many of you didn't even know there was such a thing called Pokemon Go? Anybody in the house? Nobody brave enough to admit it. We have one, one brave lady in the back. Apparently, it's an app, and it connects your GPS, and, it, and Pastor Randy can tell you all about it. He was trying to school me on this, trying to help me understand it. Apparently, you walk around, and it tells you, and you get little, what are they, pocket monsters? You win pocket monsters, and you battle other people with pocket monsters, and you get coins and I don't know it's all kinds of stuff but there's unless I'm going to play this game and they're going to mail me a check at my house I don't know that I want to put a lot of time and energy in it but it's a big thing right now big craze and the key is you go and you search out till you find what you're looking for and that's the whole theme of August as missions month is Emmanuel go we should be out and living and active and seeking those that are lost and seeking those that are hurting. So we want to review for just a minute. You know, the Bible says, go into all the world. Go into all the world. How many you know the Bible says, go ye, not stay ye? And we say it every week, but it's so funny for our guest. I got to say it again. When the Bible says, go ye, we think ye is a little Chinese guy that owns a laundromat. But ye is me. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, ye is me. Well, Pastor James, you say that every week. How long are you going to say it? As long as we have new people, I'm going to continue to say it every week because it's worth saying. Ye is me. And so go ye applies to every single person. I love what Tyler said about Chi Alpha. It's, we're all missionaries to our families, to our neighborhoods. And so we're so thrilled about that. We began to talk to you about Luke chapter 5. We won't read the story, but remember in Luke chapter 5, there was a man who was paralyzed. And the Bible says four men brought him to Jesus, but the house was so full they could not get in the house. How many of you know it's a pretty disappointing day? You make all the effort. You've, you've drugged this paralyzed guy. I mean, who knows? He could have been 300 pounds. I mean, let's just use our imagination. You've, dr- you've drugged this paralyzed man to Jesus, and all of a sudden, you can't get in the house. And the folks that are filling the house are like the Pharisees and the religious people, and they don't even want to be there. They're just there to cause a scene. And so they begin to think to themselves, what can we do to get our friend to Jesus? And the Bible says they climb up on the roof. Now, get out of Sunday School 101. They had to get up there. They had to climb up there, and, and, and a lot of times in that ancient day, the roofs were flat, so at least once they got up there, and they, but they had to walk around and carry the guy, and it took a lot of energy and a lot of effort to bring their friend to Jesus, to bring this man to Jesus, and then they got up there and dug a hole in the roof. Jesus is up there preaching, and he sees dust coming down and tiles coming down, and we think cell phones going off in church is annoying, and it is. Can I have an amen? But imagine teaching the lesson, and, some, and all of a sudden, they start start lowering this guy down through the roof. And the story goes on to tell us that Jesus, it says, when he saw their faith, it doesn't say the paralyzed man had all kinds of faith. I know a friend that I've known for many years, and he had a a rupture. He had a tumor on his um, pancreas, and the tumor was huge. Uh, I forget, but it was just way bigger than even the, the pancreas. just huge. And it ruptured, and he was supposed to die. I mean, they called in the family, and, and I remember I got there actually, I think, before uh, a lot of people had came in, and I remember walking in and seeing my friend laying there just lifeless, and we've seen his testimony on video, just laying there lifeless, and I remember praying over him, and I could tell, and I could sense the power of God being released through my body. It wasn't me. I didn't heal him. I, I can't heal anybody. I've got a blister on my uh, hand here, and I can't even get that thing better. I can't, I can't heal anybody. But I remember praying and sensing the power of God being released, and now there was a recovery process. He didn't just sit up and hook the IV. <laughs> hey, it might have freaked me out if he did that. You know what I'm saying? Hey, what am I doing here? 
You know, we go in with mighty man of faith and power, but if the guy really sat up and out, I believe we'd be a little bit like, whoa, what just happened? But it was a process, and he recovered. Now he's back, working full-time, just going at it. But have you know, he was laying there in the bed. He didn't actively have any faith. He was, I don't even know if he was in a conscious state. But when God saw our faith, we were praying, we were standing. When God saw our faith, he honored it. And so many times, the faith of your family... The faith of your neighbors, the faith of your workers, many times their salvation really can depend, their blessing from God can depend on your faith. God will honor your faith and, and move in that situation. Now, we know folks have to make their own decision. We understand that. But when we bring people to Jesus, God honors our effort. So uh, we begin to give you here seven ground rules for going. How I many of you want to go? I mean, you know, when you got to go, you got to go. Oh, come on. Tough crowd this morning. You got to go. Don't go now, but we got to go into all the world. And so we gave you seven ground rules for going. You might as well laugh. They're not going to get any better. Don't laugh. You can even laugh at me. I don't, you don't even have to laugh with me. You can just laugh at me. Seven ground rules for going. Number one, you got to have a heart. You have to have a heart. These folks had a heart for this man. They had a compassion. Everything we do for God must flow out of compassion. I get concerned when I don't have compassion towards people. I told a story Wednesday, uh, Thursday night in our life group training, which, by the way, life groups start in two weeks. Aren't we excited? Man, we are so excited. Sign-up sheets are out, I think, in the uh, lobby, and if they're not, you can email us. We want everybody that can to be involved in a life group. Pastor Randy will be emailing more information. We're so, 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 so excited about what this is going to do for our church body. But uh, what was I saying before I gave my commercial? I was going to tell a story. Story I told, uh, thank you, Susan was listening, thank you. I, I usually leave breadcrumbs to get myself back, but it totally left me. Story I was telling on Thursday Night Life Group is that uh, during the week I work at a, a job and uh, I help folks with financing and buy homes and, and real estate and that sort of thing. And this lady lives out of the area and she was uh, wanting to do a refinance. She couldn't pay her payments. She needed to refinance to lower her mortgage payments and she was just in an awful situation. I said, tell me about your house. And she said, well, it needs some work. It needs this and this and some siding. And I know the guidelines and I understand that you know you can't. the house has to be ready, move in ready for the time the loan that she wanted. And I thought to myself, if she lived in our area, if she lived close to us, we could get some guys together and we could go over there. We could fix our house on a Saturday. We could really help this lady. And I asked her, can you call some churches? Is there anybody you can call? I had a heart for this lady, even though I didn't know her. I get concerned if I go days or weeks without having compassion towards someone. I call it my compassion meter. And when God is flowing in my life, I'll have compassion. Now, you can't just walk around crying all the time, and you understand. But we need to have a heart. We need to have compassion. It took a tremendous heart for this man to drag him up and lower him down to get him to Jesus. Number two, not only do we need to have a heart for the lost and hurting, but we need to pray for the lost. And we gave you some things to pray. Number one, pray for opportunity. Number two, pray God would soften their heart. And then pray God would soften your heart. And so we want to pray for those. Now, number three, we want to jump into this today, new ground. How do we go? How do we go out into all the world? Jesus said he would make us fishers of men. How do we go and fish? Any fishers and fishermen in the house? We're going to talk about fishing for men. 
We must have a plan, and I put this in my, my point, my part here, have a plan and take action. Say that with me. Have a plan and take action. This half did really well. It's back at high school. This half said it really good. Now let's try to get this half ready. Have a plan and take action. That was wimpy. <laughs> but we love you anyway. Have a plan and take action. It's not just enough to plan. I want to tell you a secret. It's not just enough to have missions month. It's not just enough to preach on missions. It's not even just enough to receive an offering for missions. Thank God for that. We need people to support the missions that we're doing. But it is about making a plan to reach people close to us that are far from God and then taking action. Um, these men in the story, they made a plan. You see, I put this in my notes. Winning people to Jesus doesn't just happen. Winning you are lost and, and your friends. I know last week uh, Josh and Crystal brought their friends that they have, some neighbors. That doesn't just happen. They, I guarantee the couple of nights before, they had to talk amongst each other. They had really liked our friends to come and visit church. They had to make a plan. Well, let's, when we're eating breakfast, when we're cooking eggs, we'll bring it up and we'll slide it in there and say, we'd love to have you guys come and check out this new church that we found. you got to have a plan. Uh, I love this. If, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Isn't that right? And so as a church, as a family, do you have a plan to reach people around you for the Lord? Now, um, I want you to uh, look at Luke 14 and verse 23. Luke 14, 22 and 23. Luke 14, 22 and 23, if it's up there. After the servant had done this, he reported there is still room for more. Somebody say there's still room. So they're talking here about filling the banquet hall. Notice here there's still room. And they, they made a plan. Look at verse 23. So his master said, go out into the country lanes. This is our plan. Go behind the hedges and urge everyone you find to come in so that the house will be full. Now what I want to talk about for just the re remainder of our time together is, is this phrase, being a missional church. Being a missional church. How do you have a missional church? You have a church full of missional people. You have uh, BJ and his family that are missional. Phil and Cindy, they're living on mission in their neighborhood. Matthew and Aaron are living on mission in their neighborhood. You guys are living on mission on the campus. And all of a sudden, you have all these families and all these individuals. Sabrina in her neighborhood is living on mission, living with purpose. And all of a sudden, you have a missional church. So I want to talk about this. As we study the life of Jesus' disciples. Now, how many know Jesus is the king? He's the king of kings. He's a, and he goes to these disciples and he says, I want to make you an offer. I want to make you something in Matthew 4. I want to make you a proposition. How many think instantly riches and wealth and all the Starbucks gift cards you can handle? Which, all these great things that we might get, a boat, you know, man, all this stuff. Jesus goes and he says, I want, want to make you an offer. He says, follow me. And I will. And I can see the disciples like, man, what am I going to get? Am I going to get a Ferrari? Am I going to get a new house? Follow me and I will. Didn't say anything about give you all this stuff, give you all these things. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. All the fishers, let me see your hand one more time. How many of you, when you go fishing, have ever went fishing and all you took was your your rod, but you didn't take any, uh, what's the stuff that goes on it? That, the tackle, yes. Can't you tell I'm a fisherman from way back? What's the, the string? You didn't take any string. There it is. <laughs> How many of you went fishing and didn't take any string? 
at least on purpose. How many of you have gone fishing and didn't remember to take your tackle? When we go fishing, we take what we need. We take the necessary items. Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you a fisher of men. Here's a little key. Are you ready? If we're following Christ, we should be fishers of men. If we're following Christ, we should be on mission. Jesus didn't offer them a Ferrari. He didn't offer them all this grand things. He didn't offer them all this money. He offered them, are you ready? He offered them purpose. He offered them a reason to get out of bed in the morning. He said, follow me and I will give you mission. I will give you purpose. I will give you calling. I can guarantee you, Susan, Miss Susan, who works in the medical field, and Sabrina as well, they don't just get up and deal with what they deal with every day in the medical profession just because they want that paycheck. There's other things they could do to get a paycheck. They do it because they love people and they care about people and they want to make a difference. I mean, oh, dear me, you all put up, you all have seen people in the ER. You all have seen people come through the, the doctor's office. Who wants to put up with that kind of thing all day for just a paycheck? You do it because you love people. You, you may not even realize it, but you have a mission. Everything you do in life is driven by a mission. Jesus offered these men a missional life. He offered them a reason to get out of bed. You want purpose? Get involved in God and his mission. You want destiny? Get involved in the mission of God. Yes, amen. I'm going to preach over here, man. This side is awake. Y'all have had coffee today. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So what do I mean when I say missional? Ed Stetzer is a Lifeway research strategist. He's a wonderful church planning strategist. Look at this quote, Jared. Look what Ed Stetzer says. Missionaries take the posture and mindset. This is taking the posture and the mindset of a missionary or doing missions right where you are without leaving your zip code. Missional is taking on the posture and mindset of a missionary or doing missions right where you are without ever leaving your zip code. Say this when we say, I am a missionary to my family. I am a missionary to my school. I am a missionary to my job. Now, listen, if you really felt that way, would it change the way you behaved when the copier jams? <laughs> would it change the way you behaved when so-and-so in the office is acting crazy, causing trouble, and all the drama, drama, drama? Isn't that what an office environment's all about? Drama, drama, drama. If you got up every day and said, my campus is my mission field, how would that cause you to live? How would that cause you to interact with folks? You see, being missional is not just evangelism. Erase evangelism out of your head. Being missional is the goal, and evangelism is the byproduct. We don't get up every day and try to evangelize. We live on mission. We live on God's mission, and then evangelism will take care of itself. Now, let me share you just a little bit about more what I'm talking about. When a person is on mission, say, on mission. When a person is on mission, are you ready for this? It means they are being intentional and deliberate about reaching others intentional and deliberate. Remember, we're talking about having a plan. Remember the men from our story, they had a plan. They were intentional. They were deliberate to lower the paralyzed man down. If we are not intentional and if we are not deliberate, we will wind up like this statistic. 90 to 95%. No condemnation if this is you. This month is going to change that. 
90 to 95% of all born-again believers have never brought anyone to Jesus, have never led anyone to the Lord, never brought someone to, to a church where they've given their life to Christ. 90 to 95% of all born-again believers have never led someone to Jesus. And look at all the people that are being born again worldwide. It's done by maybe 5 to 10% of all believers. What if, we, what if just half of the rest got on board with God's mission? See, we, we, we get used to coming to a good church. Don't you thank God for a good church? Man, Tyler, that really blessed me, man, what you said about our church loving you and embracing you. And thank you guys for that. I thank God for a good church. But it's not just about being a good church. As awesome as it is for us to love on Tyler and Brooke, where they've moved eight, nine hours away and embraced them, as powerful as that is and as much as that helps them, our existence as a church is, is even greater than just that. That's an element. But our existence as a church is to reach those that are far from God. We must be on mission. We must be intentional and deliberate. And if I'm going to be missionally minded, we must shift to this missional mindset. So let me just explain. I, I didn't talk to Tyler and Brooke about this, but they moved here to be missionaries. And this is some things I guarantee they did. How many of you have ever been on a mission trip? How many of you want to go on a mission trip sometime? Look you there, man. We need to plan one, Jay. Pastor Randy, we need to plan a mission trip. When, 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 first thing I do when I go to a missionary, when I go to another country, I've had a chance to travel in lots of different countries. I'm always a little nervous that initial visit because I don't know even how to get through security. And I just look like the kind of guy that they want to pick on. I look like the kind of guy that they want to take to the back room and do things that we shouldn't talk about in church. Hallelujah. I just look like, I just look like I'm that guy. And so I always get a little nervous. But man, I went to, I'll never forget the first time I went to Belize. Hadn't been on a mission trip in a long time. This was many years ago. Don't speak a lick of Spanish. I barely speak English. And Susan can say amen. I barely do English right. Yeah, you didn't really have to say amen. Okay. <laughs> You just, man, I'd still love you because you're a great cook and a wonderful friend, but uh, everybody starts out at a 10 in this church, but I think she's coming. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just, come on, we love Susan. Encourage Susan. But when I went to the airport, I was a little bit nervous, didn't know the procedure and all that, and the, the, one of the guys said, I've heard they go through your suitcase, and if they don't like what you have, they charge you money, and they just make it up, whatever they want to charge you, they just make it up. I'm like chewing my fingernails, and what's this pile of stuff in the floor? That's my fingernails, where I'm chewing my fingernails. And, and then the missionary showed up, and he said, oh, guys, don't worry about it. I've been here. I got this. Just do this, do this, and do this. You do this, you're okay. Don't do this. Really, really don't do this, but you can do this and this and this. No, don't do that. He was teaching me the culture. He knew the culture. Number one, check it out on the screen. If we're going to be missional, if we're going to take on the posture and the mindset of a missionary, say, I'm a missionary. Number one, we must learn the culture. Tyler, your shirt is a beautiful example. Until two weeks ago, did you own anything that beautiful color of orange? Isn't that a beautiful color of orange? Brooke, doesn't he look beautiful in orange? No. He was a Razorbacks fan. Were you a Razorbacks fan? Stone him! Stone him! For those of you that are new, Tyler and Brooke moved here from Arkansas to be missionaries to UT. First thing they did is learn the culture. You can't minister on UT campus wearing Razorback stuff. Can I have an amen? You know what I'm saying. You got to adapt. You got to learn the culture. And then number two, they adapt to the culture. Now, we're not talking about changing morals or changing principle, but they adapt. Then number three, they begin to work 
in services or compassionate efforts, i.e., he comes, he learns about UT culture, he adapts and buys a shirt. Now, Monday night, they're passing out to 75 students free Moe's Southwest Grill because they're going to prevent, provide services and begin to provide compassion. Ladies and gentlemen, in your family, in your neighborhood, in your job, on the same scale, may not happen in three weeks like what they've done, but on the same level, same type deal, you can actually do this with your family. You can do this with your job. You can do this with your culture. This is a nugget the Lord gave me. You ready? It's not a McChicken nugget. It's just a nugget. I'm not pulling a chicken nugget out of my pocket that I ate, you know, had yesterday. This is a wisdom nugget. You often touch a need before you touch the heart. And you often touch the heart before you can touch the spirit. Let me say that again. That's worth coming for. You often touch a need before you touch the heart. And you often touch the heart before you can touch the spirit. So how can we introduce our church? How can we introduce Jesus to those who usually avoid it? How can we introduce Jesus to folks that want nothing to do with Jesus? How can we introduce our great church to those that don't want anything to do with church? Let's give it our best shot to just talk about some things this morning. It requires us to be intentional. Number one, I'm going to give you very quickly five ideologies about being intentional. Five ideologies about being intentional. Number one, check this out. Connecting. I made this really late or actually early, depending on when you divide the time. It was either really late or really early, so forgive any typos, okay? Number one, we must intentionally connect. We must intentionally connect. We must go out of our way to connect with those who are far from the Lord. Listen to this powerful wisdom. How many of y'all love heavy revelation? Heavy wisdom and heavy revelation. Are you ready? If you want to catch fish, you got to go to the pond, there's some heavy revelation there. Now, I'm not saying to reach those uh, alcoholics, you have to go sit at the bar. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying those that are tied up in a promiscuous lifestyle or in the, uh, the adult industry, I'm not saying you need to go and visit those clubs, especially the men. Can I have an amen? Maybe some ladies that are called to that, but there is no men called to do that. Can I have an amen? I just busted your bubble. You're like, oh, man, I'm called to this. No, you're not. But to catch fish, you got to go to the pond. you got to show up with bait. you got to have the right tackle. Why do we do events here? Why do we have Easter egg hunts? Why do we have July 4th? Why do we have October 1st, save the date, bluegrass and barbecue? Can I have an amen? October 1st, bluegrass and barbecue. Don't miss it. Why do we do these things? It's not just to work and work and have something to do. I've got a big yard I could mow on Saturdays. I don't need something else to do. It's to go to the pond. It's to catch the fish. You must go to the pond. If you go to the same pond, same bait, same tackle, and over and over and over again, you catch the same old fish. There's one old fish in there, and you know this old fish. And every week, same pond, same bait, same tackle, and you catch the same old fish. Eventually, the thrill of fishing is going to leave. My spiritual father in the faith is a shark fisherman. He says it keeps his prayer life really focused and really sharp because he fishes for a shark. And he's always on an adventure. And always. And one time he made the mistake of wearing bright colored swimming trunks. And apparently you're not supposed to do that when you shark fish. And he ran back to the shore literally from a shark. So don't ever wear bright colors if you're going shark fishing. But he likes it. It's adventurous. Keeps it fresh and new. 
You know what makes church exciting? New folks coming in the door. It's not the same pond with the same, I'm not calling you an old fish. Well, maybe I am. <laughs> it's not the same old fish in the same old pond. It's new people and exciting things. And that's what causes excitement in a church is when new people are coming to the Lord. And so we must stay. Here's the key. You'll see this on the screen. We must say biblically centered. We will always do that, Miss Sarah. We will always stay right in line with the Bible. We must stay biblically centered, but yet we must be culturally relevant. Say this with me. Say, the message never changes, but methods must change. If not, we go the way of the dinosaur. We go the way of Kmart. We go the way we fall. And if that's your favorite store, I'm not slamming Kmart. It's just they're not working. Whatever they're doing, is not, it's just not working. I'll drive by seven Kmarts to get to one other store. It's just not working. We must stay biblically centered. We'll never waver on our doctrine. We're very solid. Never, never, never. We're never going to teach you crazy things. Never, ever, never. But we must stay culturally relevant. So we must intentionally connect. We must take the unchanging message of God's love and grace and adapt that to an appropriate message that answers the questions of the culture. The culture has questions. How does this God thing affect my life? How does this God thing affect my job? How does this God thing affect my finances? We must take the truth of God's love and adapt it to fit and answer the appropriate questions of our culture. We must take and put it into their context. It's time to get the message out of stained glass windows and into the streets. Can I have an amen? So we must be intentional about connecting. Why do this? Look at the screen, Jared. Why do we do this, Pastor Randy? Why be missional? Well, number one, because Jesus commanded it. He said, I'm sending you to make disciples of all nations, Matthew 28. He said, go and preach repentance and forgiveness, Luke 24. He said, go to Jerusalem and to the ends of all the earth, meaning you must start home and work regionally and then go abroad. So Jesus has sent us to be missional. So number one, we have to connect. We have to go out of our way to connect with those that are far from the Lord. That's why, honestly, one of the driving factors for life groups, can I just be totally transparent with you, we are hoping that your friends and neighbors, may not they may not come to church, but they'll come to a life group meeting. Hey, our life group from church is getting together, and we're going to play Monopoly and eat pizza. Hang out, watch football, watch Arkansas get beat by Tennessee this year. We're going to hang out. Come on, amen. You feel the anointing. I feel the power of God in here this morning. Hallelujah. They, do they even play this year? Oh, okay. Next year, hallelujah. You're messing up my sermon, guys. Come on. I work with a Florida fan, and I'm like, oh, man, your time is coming, baby. I hope we win because I've been spreading some stuff. I hope we win. But you may never, ever go to church, but you may go to life group. You may go to life group. You've got to be intentionally about connecting. You've got to go out of your way. That lady at the gas station, listen, listen, listen. I, I try to go to the same gas station all the time. And there's one guy in there, and if he's working, I'll always go to his line because I'm loving on him. I'm showing him compassion. It may take four years of going to the same guy at the same gas station, but eventually there'll be a little window 
and God will use you to share love and to share grace. Uh, we, there's a couple of restaurants we go to locally, and I'll try to develop, and I'll try to get the same servers. There was one guy that I was really working on, and I think he's moved, but I would ask for him by name. I'd say, hey, is so-and-so here? And when I go to a couple of restaurants, they know what I want automatically. I don't even have to order. They just bring my food out. They know what I want. Not really, but they know what I want. They'll say, where's your family? Where's your kids? What am I doing? I'm intentionally connecting over and over and over again. And it may take a year. It may take two, two years. It may take four years. But I'm going to have an opportunity to present and share God's love. Number two, you have to be intentionally, intentionally consistent. Be consistent. Jesus was always consistent. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Ask people's names. Write their name down. And then pray over them. If you see a new person in your neighborhood you've never met, ask them their name. Oh, my name's Samantha. Write down Samantha. Start praying over Samantha. It's amazing how God can use you. Number one, be intentional about connecting. Number two, be intentionally about being consistent in your character and be consistent in how you reach people. Number three, be intentional about caring. Be intentional about showing care. you got to go out of your way. I, I, I won't mention anybody's name but uh, his initials are Bob McWilliams. Just such a nice guy. He happened to have some tires off of a vehicle that he was going to sell. And instead of him selling those tires, they, he noticed he was sneaking around. He was being very sneaky. If you ever see Bob walking around your car, you know, he's either about to break in and steal it or he's going to give you something. He was walking around and he noticed, and I'm not pointing him out, but this just this fits with the message. And he said, hey, I noticed that your tires are looking a little bald. Thanks, Bob, for pointing out the obvious, you know. <laughs> he said, oh, but by the way, I happen to have sold this car, and it had tires, and I think they're the same size as yours, and they're yours if you want them. And so Bob blessed me with four semi-new tires that were much better than ones I had. Come on, can we give God thanks? Come on, let's thank God for Bob. Now listen. Listen, I know, listen, Bob doesn't just do that for me because I'm his pastor. It doesn't hurt that I'm his pastor, but Bob doesn't just do that for me. Bob has told me story and story and story about people on Craigslist. He'll advertise tires for sale on Craigslist and then give them away. Isn't that amazing? Now, I'm not just tooting his horn. I'm not just building him up. He's intentionally caring. That's just one example. We all do things like that. I know so many of you in this room are very caring and very... My mom, my mother is like that. She's always doing something, always giving somebody something, always buying somebody something. You should get on her good list. You should be in her life group wherever she goes because she's just going to bless you. She's always giving, always looking about being intentional about caring. You ever thought about this? After the resurrection, Jesus cooked fish for his disciples. After the resurrection, Jesus has been down, defeated death, hell, and the grave, and he comes back and cooks breakfast for the disciples. Amen. It's a good thing Jesus is Jesus and not me. I'd be like, y'all make me breakfast. I just kicked the tail of the devil, man. Y'all make me some breakfast. But I'm not Jesus, and so thank God Jesus is Jesus. He cared. He was intentional about caring. Offer to pray for someone when they're sick. Offer to buy someone a meal. If a family is hurting, take them food. We have a dear family that Sabrina introduced to our church. We met her one time. Her son was having um, a procedure, and people in the church were calling me saying, can we take them food? Can you get us an address? Or we're going to let you know we're going to take them food. We'd met them one time. It's intentional about 
caring for people. Now, if you're sitting there going, well, I had a need and nobody brought me food. Did you tell anybody? <laughs> Don't sit there and like be so offended that you are missing God because nobody brought you food when you were sick. We, we, we're learning and we're growing. Can I have an amen? You got to tell somebody. And, and you, just, you just know that might have been for somebody this morning. Hallelujah. But you got to offer to help somebody. Listen, a Christian or not, believer or not, care. Show love. Show compassion. All right, number four, not only are we going to connect, we're going to be consistent, we're going to care, but you got to be creative. There are creative ways. Next week, do not miss. Everybody say, next week. We're going to give you a tool next week. Please do not miss next week. We're going to give you a basket, a welcome basket. Next week is called Meet Your Neighbor Week. We're going to do an initiative. We're going to give every family in the church a welcome basket from the church. And your goal, your assignment that week is to go to one neighbor, somebody in your dorm, somebody on your street, somebody lives close to you, knock on the door and say, hey, I know I've lived here seven years and we've never met. And for that, I'm sorry. That's what I'm going to have to do. <laughs> I know we've been neighbors eight years, but we don't, we've not met. Hey, I'm James, and I go to Emmanuel Assembly down the road. And I just want you to know I'm a Christian, and if you ever have a need, I'm here to pray for you. Our church is doing this initiative called Meet Your Neighbor. I'm so embarrassed we hadn't met, but, but I see you out all the time cutting your grass. And I just want to come drop this off and tell you I'm here. My family, we're Christians. We're praying people. Now, if you tell them that, don't be cussing when the lawnmower doesn't start. Can I have an amen? Don't be cussing at your kids and throwing kids out the windows and all that, okay? You, you got to keep that character up. Can I have an amen? But say, I just want to bless you and give them that. And we're going to give you and equip you to be creative. Who is the most creative person ever, known ever? Well, yes, I was thinking God. I was really thinking God there for, yes, Miss Mary is very creative, but I was thinking a little higher level than even her. She will be very happy to hear that. Dear me, my goodness. Yes, yes, Mary is creative. But I was thinking about the Lord Jesus who created the universe, okay? Who created the human eye, who created the human heart, who created the brain. Mary is awesome, but she's never created an eyeball. Hallelujah. We, we serve the unlimited creator. God is the creator. He created you. He created everything that we see. Let's ask the creator for creativity on how to reach those around us. And the number five... Not only are we going to be intentional about connecting, intentional about being consistent, we're going to be intentional about caring, intentionally creative. Number five, check it out. We're going to intentionally cast the net. We're going to intentionally cast the net. It's not enough just to love. It's not enough just to give. It's not enough just to pray. You have to, at some point, share the gospel. At some point, you have to cast the net and give them a chance to respond. Here's what's great about your church you may not be ready as the worship team prepares to come. You may not be ready to lead someone to Jesus on the side of the road. But you can bring them here, and we will help you cast the net. You bringing people to life groups, you bringing people to Emmanuel Assembly, investing in people, inviting them to come, and including them when they get here, investing, inviting, and including, that can be a part of how you cast the net. And then the goal is for you to get to the point where you're able and, and comfortable enough to lead people to Jesus. We gotta connect, be consistent, care. Gotta be creative. We gotta cast the net. Let's be intentional. The guys that let the man down through the roof, they were very, very intentional. Amen. Let's pray for just a moment. Thank you, Lord, for your presence this morning. Thank you for all the great people that you've sent here to this great church this morning. I want to ask everybody, if you can, not to 
move around for a minute if you can hold it and just stay steady. Let me talk to your heart for just a minute. I've been preaching about the last 30, 40 minutes on being intentional. And I want you to know that God was intentional about loving you. It's not an accident that you're here this morning. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning to pray. If you do not know tonight, if you died, if you'd go to heaven or hell, if you're not sure, if you're right with God, you can say yes to Jesus and you can say yes this morning. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3 that we have all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's perfection. But Romans chapter 5 says that when we were sinners, Christ died for us. Romans chapter 6 says sin equals death, but the gift of God is eternal life. This morning you can say yes to eternal life with Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, whoever would call on the name of the Lord would be saved. Whoever doesn't matter about your past, doesn't matter what you have done or haven't done, you can have a fresh start today. If that's you and you say, Pastor James, please pray with me. I want to say yes to Jesus this morning, either for the first time or maybe I want to just recommit my life. I've walked away from God and I want to recommit my life and I want to do that. I want prayer today. Just signify yes by slipping up your hand. Anybody in this house this morning say, Pastor, that's me. I want prayer. I want to recommit my life to Christ. Anybody anybody at all want to make that commitment today? Amen. All right, would you look back up at me, friends? Thank you. We're all here. We're all believers, which is really good for this part we're getting ready to go into. But we have a lot of empty seats, which equal empty hearts. How are the seats going to be filled with empty hearts that we can feel when we're preaching and loving on people? Hey, hang with me for just a second if you can. I know what time is going on. How are we going to fill empty seats with empty hearts? When they get in here, we can love on them. We can invest in them. We can, the music will lift them up. The Spirit of God will love on them. You guys are going to fill these empty seats by being missional, by being intentional, caring, being creative. That's how we're going to do it. Amen.